This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. Aloha, y'all. All right, all right. As you know, synchronicity is the schedule, and I am here on the roof with my uh, seemingly long-lost, now-found soul sister, yes. Anahata Ananda. Yeah. Um, and she has a business mm-hmm. known as Shamangelic Healing. Yes, based here in Sedona. Mm-hmm. And we are here in Sedona, and... I basically have been hanging out in some very vortexy areas, meeting amazing people <laughs> that are definitely breaking normal in their own ways. And it's amazing to me how many people were like, oh, do you know Anahata? Do you know Anahata? Oh, you should get her on the show. Do you know her? Do you know her? And so I was like, oh my gosh, who is Anahata? <laughs> um, I got to figure out who this is and I got to take all these people's advice. You know, three or four times I got to pay attention to what's happening. And we made it happen. Yeah. So easy, s- super easy. Yeah, I'm so happy I'm up here on the roof with you. And uh, right off the bat, you know, I said that breaking on podcast, the schedule is synchronicity. Yeah. What is synchronicity to you? I think that those are divine transmissions. That's God, universe, source, your higher self, uh, communication. It's it trying to communicate to you on a, in a way in which maybe you wouldn't hear otherwise unless it was repeated. You know, I think um, for me personally, I'm a little slow on the uptake sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I got to be hit over the head with something. Um, sometimes it has to repeat itself. And so synchronicities often come. We may not hear them the first time. And so synchronicity would be like, oh, this is the third time I heard Anahata's name. Or this is the third time I heard about Sedona or this book or this podcast. And so sometimes it takes us a while to tune in to a communication from the divine or our higher self, which would be a synchronicity. Trying to get us to, 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 to open a door or make a choice or take action in some way. I love that. I love that. <laughs> I, I, one of my favorite ex, like definitions or ideas of synchronicity, I think in my, who knows where it's originally from, but maybe Carl Jung, that it's God God's way of speaking exactly. and, and keeping itself anonymous. Right. Right? It's like, hey, go this way. Oh, don't do that. You know, and repeat patterns are the same thing are also synchronicities because they get synchronized. We get these patterns that keep repeating over and over again. And those are synchronicities about, hey, don't go here. (laughs) So we can avoid the clues of go this way. We can avoid the clues of don't go that way. Um, And that's just a matter of whether or not we're paying attention and humble enough and willing to listen to the synchronicities depends on, you know, whether our life is in flow or in resistance. Well, now that the intention has been set and that we're tuning into the frequency of synchronicity, I would love for someone that may not know about you, because you, now that I have heard about you from so many different sources and even listened to you today on Aubrey Marcus's podcast, what was that episode called? The Roadmap to Transformation? Roadmap to Transformation. That Man. was episode 143. That was a, I've been on like four times on his show. Yeah, it seemed like y'all had a lot of rapport, like a lot of history, a lot of herstory. I've, I've known Aubrey, well, I guess for maybe nine years now. Uh, he came here to Sedona and, um, you know, came and did sessions and breath work and some, some deep experiences with me. And just it had it had a nice impact for him. And, and, and so we just developed a rapport and a resonance since then. And so I've been doing work with that was before on it was even birthed when he was, you know, still um, um, in his other lifetime, uh, you know, working for his stepfather. Um, 
And um, so, yeah, there was just a synergy with, with Aubrey as well. And I've been supporting him and his clients and, you know, his staff for with sessions and retreats and breath work um, for, well, like eight, nine, eight, eight years now probably. Awesome. And on the, I'll just, sh I shared it with you a little bit beforehand, but so everyone else knows a little quick snippet of synchronicity of Aubrey and I, when I lived in Austin at JP's house for a while, when I started this podcast, I had the intention. I was like, oh, I'm going to go meet Aubrey. Like my friend Kevin was in town and we both haven't met Aubrey and we're like, let's go meet him. So we went to on it and we're like, we just, mm -hmm. Kevin had a flight to catch or somewhere to go pretty soon. It's just kind of weird that we thought we could do this so we just walked in on it and they're like you want to meet Aubrey and we're like yeah we have about 10 minutes of that work and they're like I think you need to like maybe make an appointment or something and we're like okay all right cool cool nice to be seeing you we're gonna go so which was and why I'm bringing this up I'm curious what this means to you and maybe in the work that you do um because I put the intention out there we made an effort and then we're like oh didn't work so we just surrendered later that day we got stuck in traffic and I was like I'm going to take a detour. I took a detour. Right when I took that detour, uh, guess who is getting into his car? My friend Kevin's <laughs> like, there's Aubrey right there. And we're like, uh, are you joking me? And that pattern right there, I would like to explore. Maybe for me, there's something to be said that when I put my intention out there and I send it, I go for it. I put the effort in, even if it's something as small as that. Like I put my, I made my, I was pretty vulnerable. I think they thought I was silly asking such a question, but I did it. It didn't work like I thought it would, but then it worked better right. by after I surrendered. Yeah. Um, what is that? What's yeah. that process? Is that, you know, are you familiar with this? Right. So this is about quantum, what I call quantum manifestation, where we put out to the universe our intentions and we say, okay, now help me to manifest this. Help me to be in the vibrational alignment of that because you were willing to put yourself out there. First of all, you asked for it and you, you were willing to take action upon it. It's not like, oh, I'm just going to put this intention and not take any action, you know, because I, I think that the, the universe responds to not only your intention but also an emotional desire and also when you start moving in that direction the universe is like okay there is some movement here like in the podcast with Aubrey it isn't just in the ether with thought it was also spoken so that's air and then it was also in the fire which is action and so and in the emotional body which is water and so that's when we start to manifest it in the physical reality which is earth and so a lot of times the universe is trying to give us what we've asked for but we're in resistance of oh I'm in traffic I'm in resistance rather than saying oh there must be a reason that uh, my timeline is being renegotiated <laughs> isn't another way of saying that and I remember like I remember I was trying to meet I was trying to get connected with somebody and I had lost touch with them and I I just couldn't and I, I couldn't find them I, I didn't have their number their number had changed they had moved and I was I was taking a flight back to LA and was in traffic definitely going to miss the flight and I was having a little tantrum about it you know of like well, I needed that flight so I ended up having to adjust and and as soon as I got on the next flight and I just had this intuition, instead of going south, which was to my house, I'm like, let me go north to this like market, this, this one of my favorite uh, like Whole Food markets there in LA, Santa, Santa Monica. And there they are standing in the produce section. This person that I've been really wanting to get in touch with, they're standing right there. And part of divine alignment and these synchronicities with what you experienced with Aubrey, what I experienced with my friend is like, 
If we just relax a little bit and let the universe answer our prayer or our request, if we just trust it's just a matter of time and sometimes our force is is ignoring the universe trying to align those things for us because it's not happening in the way or in the timeline that we want. And there is this delicious, uncomfortable, <laughs> valuable process of just stepping back and allowing. And that doesn't mean we don't still take initiative to knock on the front door, you know, and that's how I, how I connected with JP as well. I was trying to knock on the front door and I was like, oh, let me just drop back and allow what is another way to connect with this person? It's just like, oh, I know somebody who can open the door for me. And like it happened instantaneously and the connection with JP Sears was just like totally synchronized and he just happened to be in town and he's always on the road and it was perfect timing and we swapped podcasts and just felt like this deep synchronicity and so I think that there's something really about setting that intention passionately and being courageous enough to take action and also allow the universe to set up the timing and the how and the when um, in a way that fits. I love that. Yeah, I've I've aimed to explore this strategy or pattern because it's seemingly so, it almost seems like a magic formula mm-hmm. and it doesn't the, the magic formula is, it seems a major part of it seems to surrender seems to be surrendering yeah. and letting go of what I think of how it's going to happen yeah. um, and how I live that way and I've encouraged so many people to do so is to just be bold about asking for what you want yeah. and not being attached to getting it yeah or getting it in the way you think it's mm-hmm. going to show up is like well what if it happens sooner what if it happens better what if it happens later than I thought and um, the universe can make it better if you if you're like okay even this or better okay universe this or better Mm. and um, and also I think in addition to surrender like setting the intention and then also surrender is also listening because a lot of times we'll get an inclination we'll get a vision we'll get a thought we'll get a feeling we'll hear something and we'll ignore it and that's that's, you know, clairvoyance is paying attention to those visuals, those kind of visions that you have, whether that's your dreams or whether that's, you know, a, a, a vision or a dream that you have. And that's kind of clairvoyance, being able to see things. Um, and clairaudience is to be able to hear things kind of in that listening of, wow, I just... I, I, I hear this voice telling me, hey, make a left or don't go that way or trust this. And that's clear audience listening. And then there's clear sentience, which is just feeling, going with a feeling. And it won't necessarily make sense. It doesn't necessarily, um, not necessarily rational, but I just kind of feel I have to go do this thing. I just, I felt that I needed to take and go north and go to that, you know, go to that, um, that market and it's like wow I just feel I need to move to Sedona I just feel I need to train with this shamanic healer and so there's these feelings that we have sometimes that we override and then another another way in which the divine communicates is, is through clear cognizance which is just kind of a knowing where it's just like I know that that isn't a fit or I know that um this is the way I'm supposed to go. And and that's not a voice or a vision or any of that. It's just kind of this inner knowing, which one can also call to intuition. So those are channels that are communicating a lot of times in different ways that we're just not listening and paying attention to. 
Yeah, thank you for exploring that. I'm imagining that has a lot to do with your work. Those, 100%. Those, would you describe those as spiritual gifts? Or how would you... Yeah, so those are divine channels. Divine channels. Yeah. Do you, do you believe everyone has those to the same degree or has potentiality to get to the same degree? How does that show up from individual to individual? And I'm that, curious. That is a great question. You know, and it's kind of on an as-needed basis. You know, as kids, we kind of come in being able to see, feel, and hear and know things. You know, your daughter's really connected. She knows what she wants. She knows what she doesn't, you know. And I think as children, we're a lot more connected to those channels of knowing, feeling, seeing, um, and um, and hearing. And as we grow, we're told that that inner voice isn't true or that, that vision isn't right, that's wrong. And so we start kind of closing those down. And, um, and so they tend to go dormant during especially our teenage years when being able to see, feel, and hear and know everything is, is too, too intense. We don't necessarily want to know everything that everybody else is feeling. We don't necessarily want to know or know how to manage it or handle it. So it's not uncommon for our abilities, all of us, you know, to kind of go dormant either out of necessity of overwhelm or I don't know how to process this, or I've been programmed not to pay attention to this, and the adults around me don't know how to use their own abilities, and so they've shut down theirs, and so I've been taught to shut down mine. And then what happens is, as we go on in life, these the desire for these abilities and the necessity for these abilities start to open again. Um, So for me, everything was awake as a kid, and then went dormant for a long time. And we sedate, you know, we sedate these with food. We, and, and they actually clog our pineal and our pituitary glands are responsible for our channels of higher consciousness. So thoughts and actual physical foods that calcify those glands, not using clairvoyant abilities, kind of like clogs a pipe when it hasn't been used in a long time. So it's kind of like a muscle that's atrophied. And so our crown and our third eye, those clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient, and claircognizant channels out of not use um, and physical things kind of clog those. And we also don't believe they're there, so we don't access them. Yeah, that's a big part of how I was describing normal before this <laughs> podcast. Like, what's normal? Because since we're, this is the Breaking Normal podcast, I feel like normal is like when someone drifts along with culture, doing yeah. what they were told. It seems a lot to do with parents, preachers, teachers, these authoritative figures. And a lot of that for me is like breaking that and being who you are regardless of what it looks like. And a lot of times that means breaking the addiction to approval. Hundred percent. So, I love that you said that. <laughs> I'm happy you're saying what you are now. I, I what's coming up for me is like, how does this relate, if it at all? Maybe it's different, in your opinion, to like making a decision from the head or the heart right. or the gut. Right. So a decision from the gut, it, you know, like well, let's just gut. To me, there's two different places within the gut. The lower gut is the emotional body. Right. So that's that's our emotions in the gut. You know, the emotional body may be like, I'm going to make a decision because I'm a mad little child. And so that's a decision. Well, I'm going to lash out and I'm going to throw sand at you. I'm going to pull your hair. I'm going to throw a rock at you because you hurt me. That's a decision coming from the lower emotional center of the body. Gut, the higher gut that is kind of so that's kind of more the second chakra, the sacral chakra. 
Um, the gut, the higher gut is more that knowing and truth. That's the solar plexus. That's where we move into a little bit more of discernment and truth and integrity. And our gut kind of knows, uh, no, this isn't right. We just override it a lot of times with the decisions from the mind that says, like a gut instinct might be like, I'm not going to go sit on Uncle Johnny's lap. You know, as a kid, like, mm-mm, I don't, mm-mm, no, I don't think so. And an authority figure might might need to seek approval. Yes, you know, appease Johnny's need for you to sit on his lap. And a little girl, a little boy's like, mm-mm, I don't want to. And so then here comes these programs that say that you need to do what everybody else does and start overriding those gut instincts, that intuition, that inner truth. And so a lot of the decisions are made from approval and from programs in in the brain that says, this is how you make choices. You make choices based on seeking people's approval, doing what is right based on what was told to you about what's right. And then there's this higher conscious mind that is accessing a higher intelligence before we make choices, which humans don't typically do. Human, human, the normal is to, well, let me go with, let me go with my habit. Let me go with uh, what is normal. Let me go with what would be acceptable. Let me go with the path, path of least resistance where I'm not going to be um, judge, judged because we don't feel safe when we're judged, where it's not, it's going to elicit the least amount of negative response because the brain wants to protect us from harm. The ego does not want to be hurt or harmed or judged. And so it's going to, it's going to create a way to protect itself. And so when we drop back and let go of the inner child, you know, we want to honor her or him and the emotional body. And we want to take a step back from all of the mental programs. Now we're choosing to move into a higher state of consciousness so that we can say, hey, what is the higher choice here? What is the higher choice? What is the choice that fits me as a soul? What is the choice that is right for this timeline? What is the choice that is right for the situation that is best for me and that doesn't cause harm to other people? And that's where we start accessing our higher states of consciousness and deciding from that place. And it's a learned behavior moving out of normal. It's a learned behavior to step back and pause and say, instead of making this decision from reaction, let me make it from divine alignment which requires us to pause and step back and say, let me get back to you on that. Let me check in and make a cho- maybe listen first before I take action. And then where the, where's the heart on all that? The heart, see, this is the bridge between what I like, uh, what I love about the heart is um, the, the gateways to the heart, right? The ones below the, the one directly below is the solar plexus, and this is about truth and integrity and honesty. And the one above is, is the throat of like, if I'm not listening to my heart's highest wisdom, you know, which is we have brain cells that are in our heart. We actually have intelligence in our heart. And we can have the programs control the doorways to the heart. Or we can have higher consciousness and our own truth open or close the doorways to our heart. The inner child, when she's in charge of the heart, he or she is in charge of the heart, it's like, no, you hurt me, close my heart. 
you know, I don't, no, mm -mm, you don't get in here. And so this is where we have the guarding. This is where we have that armoring around the heart because of our wounds. And the inner child, if we don't mature that part of ourselves that says, what if I paid attention a little bit more? What if I not having the naiveness that a child trusts everybody, what if we used more adult discernment that says, does this person, is this person trustworthy? Is this situation the right thing for me? And we have the adult deciding, not just the child that is so naive that does not test, does not listen, does not intuit, does not ask, does not put toe in the water before leaping in. And that's a more mature emotional way to navigate life and relationships. And so the heart, when it's connected to that higher consciousness, is able to come into that compassionate space and realize that, yes, I know you have hurt me and I know I, that I've been hurt before, but that doesn't mean I'm not resilient. And when I partner my heart's tenderness with that, that intuition, that gut intuition and the higher self-guiding, then I can navigate my heart's wisdom without getting hurt and, and abused so much in life. Yeah, well, I'm being reminded of, and I wanted to talk to you about this because I saw on your website that it looked like you have facilitated over 100 sort of retreats. Is that 100? 150 easily wow. in, in almost 20 years, yeah. Wow, So because I've <laughs> done about 50, so I'm like, wow, I finally met someone that's done maybe triple than me. That's amazing. Congratulations yeah. on that, by the oh, way. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. Every retreat for me that I've ever done was a huge deal. And it took a lot of heart. It's a big lesson. A lot of heart, a lot of mind, a lot of gut, a lot of child, inner child, all that. But what I'm being reminded of is when I'm facilitating these retreats, I'm not there to speak down on people or be on a pedestal and like really teach them as much as I am to relearn myself and re remember myself and rewild my inner child and set the truth free in a way. And the way I typically, it serves me the best is when there's a, like say there's a talk going on amongst the tribe or the circle sometimes my heart starts going crazy. It feels like my heart's about to be out of my chest. And that's usually my like cue to talk. Mm. Um, that's usually when I like, oh, there's something that wants to come through me. That's clairsentience, Daniel. That's clairsentience. That's a way of divine transmission. Sometimes people feel uh, their heart beating a lot. Sometimes people feel like, you know, goosebumps or tingling bumps. Yeah. yeah i've had some god bumps too you know, I usually, that usually so, happens when someone does something amazing right and you're I'm like, like oh yes the holy spirit or something yeah. is here Whoa. it's a full body yes <laughs> like that's where your body is actually the yes meter you know the indication of yep mm -hmm, that's a yes and sometimes like for me like what happened when i started when i started when these gifts started opening up and i can tell you how the how those channels turned back on again and what contributed to the acceleration of those channels opening up because that was really exciting I that was my next question so i do want because i want people i have a feeling many people are listening and be like wait a minute so this food might be clogging my pineal gland this uh, might be clogging my gut like yeah. how do i declog how do i open these channels back yes. up so i'd love to hear yes about we that will definitely you. get into that but when they started turning on my hands would go on fire like hot, hot and sweaty. And it was, I just kept wanting to use my hand. I mean, in situations over and over and over again, the intuition and the clairsentient was just, wow, put my hands on that, put my hands on that experience. And the, the transmission would come through my hands. And what do you mean? Like, would you put your hands on someone? Because oh, I'm asking this because Deanna once, she used to believe, I'm not sure what she believes now, but she used to believe she had, uh, what is it called when it's hyperhidrosis, I believe, when mm -hmm. someone is sweating excessive yeah. out of her hands. And I've always 
you know, I'm a bit of, I play angel's advocate every once in a while. <laughs> and my, I try, I at least aim to promote, it doesn't seem like it's a big deal for her, but I've always thought it was cool. I'm like, oh, I think your body is telling you something. Like, what do you think your body's telling you when your hands start sweating a lot? Yeah. So what would you, so if your hand, like, can you give me a scenario? Like, what In that mean? situation, you know, there's actually, there's actually, um, um, chakra energy centers um, and meridian points at the center of our palms you know it's it's where we transmit our 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 chi is also coming you know it's an exit point and an entrance point in and out through the center of our palms you know and that's also christ consciousness like the the points where the, the crucifixion points at the centers of the feet and also through the hands are where energy is transmitted and before that it wasn't turned on but you know in the times of my when i was more dormant and more normal in everyday society. And when I started making lifestyle changes and those energy centers, it was also, you know, and those those energy centers and the, the channel started awakening. That was an indication of to me, oh, I actually can transmit energy through my hands. And it was a full brain, like, reset because that was not in my awareness that I could do that. Like, hell no, that's not what I learned. That's the weirdest thing ever. And everything that I used to make fun of, of course, I've become, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I have had to shatter so many limiting programs about what I thought was possible, about what I thought was real, about what I thought I can achieve and what can, energy can move through me. I've had to pierce the ceiling of every single one of those, and I'm sure many, many more, in order to do the kind of work that I do. And, and the, the, in the shamanjelic healing like journey, in the shamanjelic healing session, I will use clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience, claircognizance, any one or a combination of those that divine says to use. I'm not the one in charge. 100%, but I'm listening. I'm completely open to be guided in the session to be like, oh, I see or I sense or I hear their ancestor. We're going to need to bring them into the session. Or I'll intuit that there's this kind of dance with maybe depression or suicidal tendencies, and I'll just straight up address it. And so there's transmissions coming through to me when I'm in a shamanjelic healing session, when I'm in the, you know, kind of information inquiry part of the session, um, there's information coming through those channels left and right. And I'm just cognitively taking notice of that. I've got half my energy in that field of awareness and half my energy totally present with the person and then in the healing session, it's just a transmission from divine using different abilities that I have, different guided visualizations, hands-on things. I've, I've been told and do things that I would never, things that I've never learned and things that I would never do when I'm in that flow state that I've, it's definitely not coming from a cognitive place of, okay, now step two is do this, and then I shake the rattle twice, and then I light the Palo Santo, and then do the shooing sounds, and everything's healed. Like, it's not like that. No session, and I've had thousands of sessions with clients. None has ever been the same. Not one. I can relate to that. I, uh, I I tend to think when I do follow my heart, it's not as it's not something I can give someone else the strategy to, and it, sometimes it seems a little messy. Yeah. And like scary for me. 
Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm thinking people might think I'm a little crazy right now, but this something is happening that's very important for me to honor. Well, and like you said earlier, you may have to break the habit of accommodating and break the habit of, of doing the normal and speaking to divine angels and following synchronicities or numerology or trusting animal spirit guides was certainly not ever in my upbringing or normal and I had to give myself permission to be that weird and to trust that that's where my power lies in this life is to trust those gifts that the divine's giving to me and to not deny them be out of fear of what other people will say and yeah for a lot of people it's way far out and those are not my clients and you know it's and yet at the same time it's starting to bridge because people in mainstream are waking up people in mainstream i had a truck driver from alabama daniel who's just like well uh, come all the way here uh, to, he was a double ex-con, you know, like one would think, you know, not a nice guy. And he was the sweetest man ever, you know, and just, just was followed, uh, followed the wrong people down the wrong path is really the truth. And uh, double ex he he'd done over 25 years time for good reason. He needed to. And uh, he's like, well, I come here all the way, you know, Sedona to meet a shaman <laughs> because everything else I tried, it ain't working. So what the hell, you know, I'll try this wacky shit. And so, you know, if someone like that is open, open-minded enough, there's, you know, people are hungry enough and willing that mainstream, that there, there are some, you know, some are reaching the ceiling or becoming disen- disenchanted with mainstream modalities and they're not getting the results they're looking that they really desire at a core level. They know that medication isn't the answer maybe or they're tired of just talking to a therapist about it and saying, is there another way to address this issue? Is there another br- way to break through this pattern? Um, so, uh, okay, so to answer your question about like how these abilities turned on. Yeah, and I want to plant the seed. I would love to explore some of your wisdom around animal spirit guides because one one of the things about the podcast with Aubrey that caught my attention the most was at the very end when y'all started talking about dolphins. Yeah. And I was like, let's talk more about dolphins. I want to hear more. <laughs> and the hummingbird that flew up here and two. the scorpion, the two hummingbirds right? and the scorpion Deanna woke up to this morning. So that's uh, the, on the forecast, but let's talk about how you open these. Hey, you know what? For your audience, we'll give them, um, and Aubrey loves this animal spirit journey guide, a guide to visualization. We'll give, we'll give every, if that's cool, if we can put that in the show notes. Okay. Uh, we'll give that to everybody for free. Okay. Like okay. this awesome. really cool guided animal spirit journey into like the underworld and you get to have a shamanic journey with an animal spirit guide to give you some how's that how's that it sounds it sounds breaking normal edgy (laughs) fascinating intriguing maybe even scary like let's let's hear about it just don't do while you're driving that's why (laughs) okay so um when i was you know awakening from my slumber let's just say that's oh what i was awakening from my slumber i started changing my diet I started so that was I started eating a lot cleaner I started eating a lot a lot more plant foods I started to eat a lot 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 less processed food you know dairy was out alcohol was out sugar was out and I mean I just started cleaning radically up my diet I was cleansing I was fasting I went deep into it and so in that way I was decalcifying and cleansing out all of the glands in the body now the glands pineal 
pituitary, thyroid, thymus, the adrenals, the ovaries and testes, those are all connected to different chakra energy centers of the body. So what I was doing, I was actually also, as as you clean the glands up, you are actually aligning your light centers. You're actually aligning your chakras. You're cleaning them up at the at a physical level. So that's like, that's at the at the at the at the real cellular, physical, material form. Like let's clean out those cloggy pipes. And so I was doing a big shift in my diet because I was raised with with by a rancher from Montana, and it was you know, meat, dairy, ice cream, cheese, bacon, like every meal. <laughs> where, is that your dad? Your, My dad was a Montana? cowboy from Montana. Butte, Billings. Yeah. Like, Breaking so, Normal was birthed in Montana. That's where I started. Oh. And uh, right between um, Bozeman and Livingston. Okay. At this place called Angel's Landing. Oh, beautiful. I spent a month and I, let's, let's make this happen. Right. Stunning, beautiful <laughs> land. I was raised in Southern California, but he was, you know, but he, he was like the main cook in the family. So I was like, pork chops and you know we had a glass of milk at every meal and my body had trouble with that uh, uh, so much dairy and shit like it just didn't so it was pretty clogged anyway so one of the things as far as opening up those channels is to clean up the diet um the other is just like you and I work out in different ways to stay fit whether that's hiking or you know whatever um is to flex the muscle of the pineal and the pituitary glands, and that's going to be meditation. And so I started meditating for the first time in my life, and I started having access to things and realms that I didn't know were there. And so um, a lot of breathing, and the other thing was clearing out that second chakra, the emotional body. Um, I used primarily, uh, you know, shamanic clearing techniques to get out in my emotional body in my second chakra, which was a lot of, you know, that's more of the water, uh, water, the watery emotions like sadness, um, grief. Um, and the more fiery emotions are like anger and rage. Those are up there in the third chakra where the liver is. And that's where alcohol, you know, like my dance with alcohol came from is to try to sedate those more watery emotions. And so for the first time with shamanic breath work, like rage came out. So I was also cleaning my emotional body of energetic and emotional toxins that had never been processed before. You know, I had never held a space for my grief before or my rage before my disappointment and my pain. And so all of those things, those that, that trinity of the emotional clearing and the physiological clearing and the spiritual connection, all of those, like I went deep and I, like all of those happened multiple, like at the same, uh, simultaneously. So it accelerated my open opening really fast. So it was like clairvoyance, clear. I could see, feel and hear things that I couldn't before. And then I was like, oh shit, you know, how do I, I'm seeing things, I'm knowing things, I'm hearing things. I, I've never had that happen before. It was freaking me out, scaring the living shit out of me. Like, I don't know what to do. How do I, I, I and I was not going to go and sedate again. I was like, okay, let me go learn how to use this energy. Let me learn how to conduct energy. Let me learn how to 
open to divine channels and move that energy through me in a way that can help people's emotional body, energy body, spiritual body, mental body. And uh, that I just dove into shamanic healing, emotional hearing, clearing techniques, um, meditation, fasting, like simultaneously, I just dove all in. And um, as an Aries, as a fire sign, uh, I like to move and I like to move fast. And I just like went for it. So my awakening happened pretty quickly. Um, And it accelerated all of those abilities. And so I knew that this wasn't something just as a hobby. It was going to be my soul's path. Wow, yeah, I can, I can relate, and I imagine many people can, and thank you for sharing all that. It sounds like an amazing... Uh, <laughs> is this when you started doing your retreats, or is this... Where was this uh, along yeah. your retreat journey? Well, I started awakening, and I was training with um, many different practitioners. This is almost two decades ago now, and I was doing raw food retreats with David Wolf, like... like See, that's something we have in common. When you were talking about uh, the food and cleansing, yeah. I... I experiment with a pretty extreme raw vegan diet and that's pretty much what I think opened up a lot of abilities and awareness for me and it's not something I've I'm not eating a raw vegan 100% raw vegan diet anymore I think it but it does seem to be a very effective way especially done properly with like rich foods yeah it seems pretty yeah, not, profound. Not just, the, you know, mangoes, <laughs> um, all sugary. But yeah, I, I did a like a whole 100% raw food uh, plant diet for two years. And at the same time that I was doing emotional clearing and shamanic training and energy healing training and meditation training, and it just... So, yeah, so... And was we, there something that triggered that? Was this uh, oh, something that you like, I have to do this? Or you were like, I'm going to choose to do this. And for someone that's listening, do you think it would be <laughs> wise to encourage... How can we encourage someone to choose doing this rather than it being like maybe forced upon them? You know what? JP asked me that uh, during the podcast. We did some great podcast exchanges, by the way. So go listen to that too. Just amazing. But he asked me like, hey, on when I was on his podcast, do, do you have to be hit over the head with a two by four? And I'm like, you know... If that's what it takes, here's a hummingbird again. Yeah, woo, go after the joy. Like, yes, if you're listening to the subtle wake-up calls, you can have a joyous awakening. If there's a stubbornness and arrogance and an ignorance, which I don't know, I'm uh, guilty of that. <laughs> like a lot-ish. <laughs> so sometimes I listen to the subtle knocks because I'm attuned to it. Um and I've seen the patterns repeat. So Did you hear that subtle knock after you said that? <laughs> I'm serious. What was that? Oh, I think I right, maybe chewing on a bone or something. All of a sudden, it sounded like a subtle knock. I was like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, could go ahead. So, like, or sometimes we need to be hit because we won't listen otherwise. Sometimes we need a quadruple bypass to be like, maybe this diet isn't working. Maybe we need, you know, a big breakup to look at our patterns. Well, I yeah. trust we don't need that. Okay, because, you know, and right? Yeah, that's I'm, that's a, I'm a bit of a linguologist. Yes, 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 fair and enough. Like sometimes one, one might, <laughs> might in their non-listening, you know, or ignorance or not readiness, you know, experience that wake-up call. I've also, once I heard this amazing metaphor that certain fish, if they rise, and this could be known for divers too, but if they rise too fast, it can be deadly. Right. And so who am I to say that somebody has to wake up just like everyone's dormant pattern, just like plants in nature? 
Um, yeah, some are bamboo and some are cactus. Exactly. You know, like, you know, bamboo takes a long, long, <coughs> long time to grow its roots. And then all of a sudden it'll shoot up really fast. And so it doesn't need to compare itself to a fern that grows really quick, really, you know, really fast and doesn't have deep roots, but it, but it, but it spawns really quickly. And I think it's important because a lot of times people say, oh, well, I didn't wake up until my forties or my sixties or whatever. It's too late. And I'm like, no, you woke up at the time you were ready. And someone says, God, I wish I would have woken up in 21. You're like, oh, you know what? Wouldn't been ready at 21, you know? And so I trust the divine timing too, that People are attracting the experiences and the alchemy of a wake-up call, it fits them. So if that's an overdose, who, who am I to say that that's so bad? Or an incarceration or whatever, like it's your soul's classroom. I, there's no reason for me to judge it. I'm happy you brought the age thing up because we've had people probably from infants to 70 plus at our retreats. And one normal thing that I've trust I've helped break for these people is thinking that they're too young for this or too mm. old for this. And I'm, and I'm thinking, so someone that thinks that, well, how long is their golden age for? Is it like a minute? Is it a second? Is it a, an hour? Like, what are you too old for? Or what are you too young for? Like, it's the soul. <laughs> the thing is, is like, who, 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 we can relate. That's one of those ceilings of judgment that says, oh, uh, I'm uh, at 16. I'm too young to go study as a monk. Like, no, if that's your calling, go do it. You know, is it normal for a 16-year-old? No, but it's a, it's right for you. And so I've worked with clients of all ages, some that are awakening up at 82. And I'm like, go for it. They're like, you know, I'm feeling this and I'm doing that. I'm like, go for it. And others that are 16-year-olds that are incredible, clairvoyant mediums, and they're able to see things and sense things. And I'm like, yeah, let's make sure you're that you're emotionally ready to hold that much energy because you are still 16. All of a sudden, I'm th you mentioned alcohol earlier. I'm thinking about it would be weird that certain alcohols might 80 years of fermenting. <laughs> it might be the it might be the perfect exactly. age to finally drink it in. Exactly. And sometimes eight days might be if we're talking about a craft beer. Are we talking about an, an aged wine? Right. Exactly. And there's and there's many paths, many ways. And this is one of the things like I appreciate about that shamanism broke my need for there to be one way. Because when I started stud studying it, there's like all these different tribes that have all these different opinions and it's not unlike religion having a different name for God or spirit or creator or, you know, Zeus, whatever. And realizing just to relax into it, that there are many paths and many ways. And that means there's many wake up scenarios. Um, there are many paths. There are many abilities. And so one, one of my clients came years ago and he is a brilliant clairaudient medium, which means he can hear uh, those spirits, angels, guides, people, loved ones that are on the other side. I mean, down to the dialect, scratchy voice of a Jewish grandfather. I mean, he is able to directly, incredibly precise be able to transmit that audibly, but he doesn't see them. So he came to me and says, hey, listen, you know, all of the real mediums are clairvoyant. They can see the Jewish grandfather's wearing a red scarf and they can see his, they can ski his beard and they can see his shape and 
And the real famous audio, you know, mediums are clairvoyant. I want you to open up my clairvoyant channel. And I was like, no. <laughs> Why would I mess with how highly attuned your audible channel is? Because when we close our eyes, our, our sense of hearing heightens. And so there's no reason for you to see that he has a red scarf on when you can clearly transmit the exact words that his granddaughter needs to hear in the voice that is, and the dialect. Why mess? The universe has given you that ability. There's nothing wrong with it. It's in perfect alchemy for you to have clear audience and nothing else. Yep. How silly would it be for the hummingbird to compare itself to the dolphin? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And vice versa. Well, exactly. <laughs> or, a, or a rose to be like, well, I'm no daisy. <laughs> you know, comparison is the thief of joy, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's a rose Think about of it. And let that soak in for a second, everybody. Right. So it's perfect. It's perfect. You wake up when you're supposed to, and these abilities come on, and they're in the right, they're in the perfect alchemy for you. I've got something here. Um, right before this, first of all, I, ha- I have a huge, like, two f- public figures. One's alive and one's not um, in their flesh anyways. Abraham Lincoln and Daniel Day-Lewis. <coughs> yeah. Well, no. I don't think I've met them, but I have a resonance with them for yeah. sure. And right before this, my my wife, Deanna, sent me a video of Davina looking at a penny. And Davina's like, <laughs> And apparently she was saying something. And Dan's like, who is that? And she's like, daddy. <laughs> Looking at a penny of Abraham Lincoln. And that, uh, I don't know. I had some weird feelings in my body about yeah. that. And then I remembered how Daniel Day-Lewis played Thank Abraham you. Lincoln. And I don't know. I don't know. I just, I have interesting, exciting feelings. And maybe it's just like this fantasy projection. Maybe I'm inspired by them. Or maybe it's something more. And right. I'm, I'm curious. Well, you know, something like that, when you feel a synchronicity or you have a feeling like I'm just drawn to this, you know, one of the one of the things that I tell my clients is to do is just to trust that curiosity. Trust that curiosity. You know, his biography, Abraham Lincoln's biography might reveal a character trait or a story or something that you have in common or a struggle of of doing the right thing versus you know and facing the 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 dissension of public opinion and you know like there may be a story within that if you just kind of follow that and i i i invite listeners to do that too where do you have an inclination or a curiosity um whether that's to some other culture or to a figure um, or, or to some, some philosophy and just g- g- allow yourself to indulge that curiosity and like pick up a book, watch a documentary and see what might be there and get curious and see what might be there. And I like to say, okay, divine creator source, if you are give it, planting this seed inside me, then I'm willing to allow it. I, I'm willing to feed it. And I'm curious to what it has to show me. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and um, there's been lots of mentions of God and different words for God. And um, do you, how does it resonate with you? Or do you believe that we are all like an iteration of God experiencing God in a unique way? Uh, what's your opinion on that? <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. How? Um, 
I mean, I, that's a big I, topic. <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. Um, for me personally, it's not a personification. Like a god is a male figure with a beard. Um, it's to me more of a vibration and essence and unconditional um, universal knowing. And so that that animates all things, that connects us all, uh, a living force that is energy, that is wise, that is um, eternal, that is um, beautiful, intelligent, present, graceful. And I find it in many forms, just like I find the joy essence of God, universe, spirit, wh whatever you want to call that. I find the frequency that is represented by the, the frequency that represents the joy in that field is like represented by in the 3D by the hummingbird, which we saw two of them dancing before and we saw another one. And also that frequency of bliss is represented by the dolphin that level of higher intelligence of just pure like fun and and blissful spinning and jumping out of the water why because i can because i feel like it and and I really love to surf waves and smile and have right. sex for pleasure. Yeah, exactly. Spin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and i've swam with dolphins before and, the, and i've played pass with dolphins under the underwater before where they have it like a little little lily pad like a little leaf that had been dropped from the tree and i'm watching underwater as i'm snorkeling going i'm pretty sure they're playing pass with that you know one would go it would be on the dolphin fin and it would drop it right in front of another one another one would pick it up with his nose and then and then it drops it in front of me i'm like oh shit i'm in the game i oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, here comes the joy frequency. They were bringing my vibration into that joy frequency. And so you asked earlier about animal spirit guides, and I pay attention very much. My shamanic training keeps me in that field of awareness to be like hummingbird medicine, joy. Scorpion medicine is about, hey, protection. You know, the, the scorpion mother is, will, will put her babies on her back and run all the way across the desert, like, and face the intensity of elements just for fierce protection. Mm -hmm. And to, like, it doesn't like to be backed in a corner, so don't get yourself in those corners because the best version of you won't come out. You know, if you're running that scorpion energy or a scorpion shows up for you, it's like, hey, where are you getting backed into a corner where it's not the best place for you? Mm. And, you know... Um, I find I find that such a fun way to live. Like we're in some sort of video game, maybe, <laughs> yeah. is a metaphor. And that anything that shows up is significant. Significant clues or affirmations or like... The clues, clues to live a better life. Yeah, you know, and like that, wouldn't that be totally kooky? I, I would totally make fun of that. You know, people using animals for, you know, as messengers. And the thing is, is that in sessions, every time I'll be sitting with, you know, in a session, and, you know, an animal will show up specifically for that. Like the other day, it was this big, huge grasshopper on the window and it was time for this person to make a quantum leap. And like, we've never, I've never had a grasshopper on the window right above somebody's head before. And it just, in the desert, you know, we don't have grasshoppers very often, not like that. And like right over his head, total synchronous. And it stayed there the whole session for a whole hour long and did not move. And then for somebody else that needs to speak their, pr their truth, Blue Jay will stand on the railing and just squawk like the whole session, like 
what are you not being honest about? Who are you not speaking your truth to? And it's just like I find that when I release that judgment that says that's weird, that's not true, that's not possible, and I allow spirit, divine creator, source, universe to speak through trees, plants, animals, that my world is richer and it's my church. You know, it's one of the ways in which I'll get a sermon. You know, when I allow myself to allow a snake, a coyote, a dolphin, you know, any animal to bring a message to me, I find that I'm only better for it and not worse. Here's another one. This is not an animal, but a rainbow. And I, what's happening yes. for me and my brother, Timothy, my middle brother, is there has been profound amount of times when we've teamed up, when we were really teaming up. And actually, when we did it with a podcast together, right after the, the pod, this Breaking Room podcast, anyone wants to check out that episode with Timothy, it's awesome. A rainbow show up in Austin, Texas. Yeah. And I don't think that, I, we're at, that was maybe the first rainbow I've seen in this area. Yeah. What do you think? Is there any, uh, what do you think of the symbology of a rainbow? So, and especially another, maybe between my brother and I, what, what, why would another, rainbows show up for us in particular, right. potentially? Another hummingbird just went over your head when you said that. Um, so rainbow is like hope, new beginnings, because we can't have um, a rainbow without the rain. And so this is a reminder to us that to honor those emotional tsunamis where where we have a downpour of rain, where we grieve a lot, where we, you know, a lot of emotion moves and to allow that because what comes out of that is hope and new beginnings. And if you look at the color spectrum of the rainbow, those are all the same chakras. It, all of those, you know, all of those colors of the rainbow are in our body as well. And so this is about divine alignment and when a, 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 a rainbow bridges heaven to earth and when we're aligned we're bridging heaven to earth and I love the feeling that and it's in my daily mantra I choose to be a rainbow bridge between heaven and earth hmm. which means like I choose to continue to refine and open and align my chakra energy center so that I'm a rainbow. I'm hope after somebody's, you know, dark night of the soul. Well, you know, what's really interesting about that, it's personal to me and my brother, is that there is a lot of grief with my brother, especially as we grow, and a lot of sadness because he's my he's my best friend. Mm-hmm. I I saw him you know, the first thing when he came out of the womb. Oh. Allegedly, everyone was scared because I bum rushed him <laughs> and like squeezed him and hugged him. I, I didn't hurt him, but everyone was like, "Oh my gosh!" And ever since then. You know, it's been like a surrogate dad almost, and now he has a fiance, and he's doing his own thing. He's not always doing what I'm doing anymore, and yeah, I, I find comfort in that. That like we can still team up in new ways, and this podcast, him supporting me in that, me supporting him. It's like the rainbow shows up too. Right. Yeah, and I think that's a. I I think that's what's beautiful about sovereignty is to allow his rainbow to be different than yours in a different way and I think that that you know it's when we try to catch a rainbow that it disappears where we try to get closer to it 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 eludes us and so you know to to honor your brother's rainbow light to not squeeze the life out of him Mm -hmm. to love him but also allow him to shine in his own way to not try to put a rainbow in 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 a cage to not try to possess it to control it but to allow it and to be surprised when it shows up and then it goes away just like the synergy of you and your brother at different times shows up and it's all lit up and then it's meant to go on its own you know it, it, it then the rainbow disappears when the sun does when the sun goes down and we have a new day 
And we get to create again and to not be attached to what the day held for us, even if it was magical or if it was hellish. You know, the sun, if we look at the medicine of the seasons and we let look at the medicine of the elements, the sun every day lets go, even of the triumphs of that day. It doesn't say, oh, look what I did yesterday. It's like, whether that was shitty or look what I experienced yesterday, it, it doesn't hold the, the trophies and it doesn't hold the challenges of the day before. It says, I'm letting go, just like the, we just watched the sun set right in front of our eyes, because then it's going to have a new day, a new start, and that's the east, the new beginnings, rising sun. And where can we together, collectively, individually, like let go of things from the day, week, month, year, decades, lifetime, children, childhood, and and allow the new day to, to be a fresh start, a fresh start for everybody, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. if Did you ever hear about the Raw Bras in, your, in the Raw days? That was my brother's and I's company. <gasps> Rob Ross. So cool. Yeah. I don't so know if cool. you're familiar with that at all, but uh, that we had worked a lot together. And now I'm remembering the first tribe design, which was the first retreat outside me teaming it with my brother. At the awesome. very end of it, we were in, it was in Kauai at a place called Makanalani, which means uh-huh. a gift from heaven, funny enough. Hi. The very end of the retreat when everyone left, rainbow. Rainbows. Boom. Yeah. A huge rainbow. I'm having that memory. And yeah, it feels good. It feels good to be here in Sedona for our next tribe design on tribe design 13 on Friday the 13th, September the 13th, and it's going to be amazing. I have here a question for you because I know yeah. we could talk about so <laughs> that that one's I think is pretty much sold out, which is awesome. It's an awesome affirmation. Well done. But we're thinking our next one is for some reason, and I think I feel like there's a resonance between Sedona and Mount Shasta. Definitely. What is 100%. the resonance? And not that's not an official announcement, but if you're interested in the next tribe design and you just want to go ahead and get your application in before we announce it, for sure, we are aiming at Shasta right now. I've what done is Shasta, retreats. Sedona? And I, I saw that you have you've done them all over the world. What are I these have. places? What is going on? Why why are Shasta, Sedona, Kauai, all these places so unique for They're- healing or growth or expansion they're power centers and if you look that that most all of those places that you named have springs where the water is levitating most all of those places that you mentioned have volcanoes you know these these are powerful centers on the planet hawaii volcano and springs like these these are places where the energy is heightened and um if we look historically at different cultures you know, the they built their temples around the springs, you know, where the energy and the vibration is high. And um, Shasta, I've done retreats here in Sedona, Shasta, Kauai, Peru, like, you know, all over, Bali, all, 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 you know, in different places in Canada, Costa Rica, all over the place. And all of those have springs. All of those have big mountains. Um And it's so delicious to allow as a, as a, you know, someone who's done many, many retreats, both you and I have done many retreats. I chose to allow the location to be a co-facilitator. Like, oh, I'm in partnership with Peru. I am in partnership in collaboration with Sedona or with Mount Shasta. And when you're in reverence to allow the land to bring its wisdom, to be a part of the experience, you know, and so like we would go to Mount Shasta and, and go to the 
the headwaters and we would also go up on the mountain where the spring came out and do ceremony there, like meditations there. And it, it just amplifies the intention of whatever, whatever medicine I'm bringing, whatever truth, whatever lesson, whatever skill set knowledge that I'm bringing, it's only amplified by the land if I'm leveraging it, if I'm respecting it, and if I'm in collaboration with it. I love that explanation and that idea. And I'm remembering now, I remember also at J, uh, the first, the JP, our com- mutual friend now yes, that we made that yes, happen. Yes. Um, he did his first comedy show at that Kauai event, actually. Amazing. Yeah. Right? Um, I, 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 and that, yeah, you're right. Uh, I have built a life where I hang around the source of water. 100%. Like, that's wise. A, a priest does that. A priest does that. A priest knows that the holy water levitates. And that's why why what I'm drinking is water that levitates in glass, you know, is that I choose to work, you know, drink and put in my body, in my sacred temple, water that's intelligent enough to defy gravity and to filter itself. Yeah, I want that water in my body. And that's one of the other things that has really helped amplify my body as a conduit is clean water sources, not only being in clean water sources, but only drinking clean water you know, um, so that I'm not clogging my, my body that way. And, you know, being able to, uh, your, your events are amazing. And I, I'm so, you know, congratulations for ev- all the success. I know more is coming and I, I'm acknowledging how Sedona will be a co-facilitator for you, that you, everybody coming in any way I can support the retreat, happy to, um, support that. And, um, you know, I know your experience here in Sedona and the people that are coming here are going to have a very blessed experience. Yeah, thank you for saying that. And thank you for being courageous enough to uh, live on this land for so long. <laughs> I imagine, I, for me, it seems a little bit like a crystal ball. And I mean that that can shake things up, too. For sure. It can be quite volatile. I don't know about the history of this area. Someone once mentioned that it wasn't common for the natives to live in Sedona because it was, like, too intense. Is that, do you know anything about that? They would more hang around the springs and do ceremony? I don't know. I just This is what I've heard here and there. Different times. Well, you know, this, this, this was volcanic land. It's been under the ocean six times. So we've had whales and dolphins living mm-hmm. here, you know, and it's also quite seasonal. So tribes would be nomadic because you could come in here and get berries during certain seasons and have access to certain foods that weren't available. So this is more of a nomadic place. When, uh, about five or 600 years ago, um, different tribes did live here when the water table was hired back in Boynton Canyon, where we see a lot of cliff dwellings because the water table was higher, high enough to have springs flowing in big rivers. Now they're smaller because the water table's lower as we've had less precipitation over the last 500 years. But then um, they were able to, in fact, I've hiked back into Boynton Canyon and found the 500-year-old corn cobs next to ancient ruins because they were able to grow corn. So they didn't have to be nomadic when their food source could be by consistent water. But the desert is pretty much a harsh environment, and so it required tribes to be nomadic. Awesome. I, I mean, wow. I, I'm amazed at the time, how time, I feel like we're bending some time and space right now. Um, one question I felt like in my my body to ask you, um, and if anyone's curious, I, I dive into my topics around uh, God has been such a big topic or the divine has been such a to- big topic in this podcast. And um, if you want to hear my 
opinion and or how I my relationship with Jesus, definitely check out my pot, my solo cast and my Christian. And one question I've once heard this idea, and I think I heard it in, from someone from Mount Shasta, was like, yeah, so Jesus represents one heart, Buddha represents one mind, Allah represents one Creator, and I, I, I'm for those iterations of God, if they are or whatever your beliefs are around that, I'm curious, what does Allah, Jesus, Buddha represent to you? In the in the sense of the divine, compared to other people. Oh well, I I as I have meditated with each one of those and studied with each one of those in higher realms, they each have a unique, totally different transmission. The transmission from Christ consciousness, when in us in its ascended state, is Sananda. Like Sananda, is that form of uh, not Jesus, but not his physical form, but his ascended form which is the, the consciousness that would come into form and be Jesus uh, Christ. And so meditating with that frequency is so, um, it's so sweet, but it's also so strong. And, and in meditating with Buddha, it's so unfazed. It's so steady. It doesn't move. It just is the ability of consciousness and peace it doesn't move it's very present and and it's 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 very accessible it's very tangible i mean it feels almost solid that level of awareness and consciousness with the buddha it, it just is um allah you know each one to me all of the ascended masters because there are so many they each have their own personalities. They're each their their rays, and my spiritual counsel changes um, with different guides throughout the years, and um, and as Gaia, the frequency of Gaia or Mother Earth, has its own frequency, and the frequency of the mountains that we're looking at here that are hundreds of millions of years old, they too have just as a divine frequency. They're not a personification associated with a religion other than shamanism you know so i think that ascended masters because all of those are ascended masters and guides um i think for that there is the opportunity to study and train and and in and learn from different ascended masters at different times depending on who would be a great guide for what you're going through in life i love the uh the description of each frequency i what about Allah? I would just like to know what you, if there's anything that comes up for you on that one, because your first Buddha and Jesus were awesome to hear yeah. you say that. Allah to me represents like a level of truth that is pretty unwavering. Allah is um, like like a level of truth, and. Um, you know that all of these have ah at the end or ah in their name and that us, you know. Yeshua instead yeah, of Jesus. Yeshua. Yeah. And Sananda. Ananda means mm-hmm. bliss. And ah is the ah is the sound frequency that opens the heart chakra. So Ananda, like Anahata, Ananda is mm-hmm. like all of these A's, it opens the heart. And so every single one of those Allah, Buddha, Yeshua, Sananda, these are all the highest level of heart frequency, the highest level of unconditional love, um, the highest level of consciousness. They just have different faces. They're just wrapped in different paper. 
and but they do have different frequencies although they really are quite similar and it does there's no you don't have to study with Jesus. You don't have to study or be, you know, with Buddha or Allah, you know, find the frequency of an ascended master, whether that's a mountain, whether that is, um, you know, Christ consciousness, whether that's Archangel Michael, whether that's Mother Mary, you know, you will be guided and led to a spiritual master teacher um, that fits you for the time that you need them. And, you know, for those that are studying a lot of the, you know, yogic teachings, you know, um, you know, there's, there's, there's so many different yogic ascended masters as well. And so if you're drawn to someone or something, there's probably a reason and there's probably some medicine or tools or character traits that would, that would help you. Like when I'm looking for courage, I'm like Archangel Mike, Michael, Help me with courage here. Christ consciousness, help me with presence and unconditional love and forgiveness. Buddha, help me with staying in that higher state of awareness when uh, my human tendency is to go in to be triggered, you know, <laughs> into the emotional body. And so they each have different skills, I think. Well, it's quite synchronous that you, the <laughs> letter A especially, I know we're, we have a few more minutes here, and I, I will conclude you know, that gift of the spirit yeah. animal. What is, what is that? The so animal, people know? the guided animal spirit journey. Uh, we'll, I'll put it, we'll, I'll give you a link that uh, can get them to the free guy, and, the free gift. Okay. And that'll be in the show notes along. If you want to see some of the video, definitely go to breakingnormal.com slash podcast for that gift and to see the beauty that we're immersed in. Maybe you'll see a a hummingbird hummingbird fly by by. here and there (laughs) or a fairy. Um, But the letter A, I was literally, all of a sudden we've started telling story times. And I, first of all, I talked to you with the double A's today and my friend, uh, Aaron Alexander. And yeah, I know Aaron. Yeah. I was telling Davina the, the, a story about the letter A yesterday. Yeah. And like, I was thinking of the scarlet letter A. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. w- w- briefly, what does the letter A mean ah. to you as, as a symbol or whatever it well, means? Well, it's the beginning, right? In our alphabet, in our alphabet, it's the beginning. Ah, uh, the heart is the beginning. Ah, uh, that's the unconditional love. Ah, uh, it's that exhale, and I think that our breath is one of those bridges, just like a rainbow between heaven and, and earth. So is our breath. Ah, uh, and when we when we exhale, ah, uh, that's the word. That's the that's the sound that we're saying, which is what brings us back into alignment with our heart. It brings us back into higher consciousness again, which is so which is so cool that we have that tool. Because we get off. I get off. It happens. We, we unplug. You know, we, we get into the mind, get triggered, whatever it is. And that, for everybody, is that option to just be like, oh. even better when you can close your eyes. Because when our eyes are open, we're, we're processing data. So even better when you can close your eyes because then we can open the Ajna, which is the, the, the Sanskrit name for the third eye. Anahata is actually the scan, Sanskrit name for the, the heart chakra. And so when we close our eyes, ah, it brings us back into that heart space. Ananda brings us, that's the triple A, brings us back into bliss. And so this is sound therapy, just like we can have color therapy, we can also have sound therapy. 
And so um, that's a way to bring yourself back to your heart again when, when you've wandered off. Because it happens. We wander off, you know? Yeah, and I think that was definitely <laughs> proven in the symbology. I don't know if you saw the Ohm Daddy video. Where yes, that, yeah. I oh, mean, I think there's a reason oh. that's still going viral. There's a universal resonance with yeah, that. Right. And especially with the father-daughter and seeing the daughter screaming to sleep even 42 seconds with a, a yeah. long Ohm. Well done, by the way. I've seen the two of you together. I've seen the three of you together. And the synergy of your energies is is so beautiful. And you're both so present with your daughter. You're both so available with her to give her safe space, to allow her to be free, and to see her beauty and to not squash it. You're wonderful parents, both of you. and, uh, And you're growing. You're cultivating allowing her soul to to spread its wings without squashing it and so I'm I'm a mother of twins and and that was my intention to to allow their souls the space and the freedom to grow and I'm watching that I'm watching you do that with with Davina and uh, it's beautiful I know that she's just going to grow into an amazing embodied goddess I definitely accept that <laughs> affirmation. And she was born April 7th. So ah, I think you mentioned Aries, Aries earlier. She's going to be a leader. We might, oh, look at that. One hour and 11 minutes. I'm thinking like <laughs> we might have to have another chapter of this podcast coming soon. Um, for sure. And thank you so much. Thank you so much for you being you. And uh, as to me, I judge you to be very courageous. Courageously uh, you. Yeah. Like radical authenticity. I, I've been giving myself permission to be that. That's inspiring. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. I love it. I mean, shamangelic is not something I learned. It's not, oh, I'm going to go to school for that. I'm going to. I love the combination of words, too. Like I was telling you about how fun comfortable is. (laughs) I love that word. Wordinator. We're both wordinators. I don't let the dictionary dictate my lingo. I I can go beyond that. It's not a rule book for me. It's a guidebook. (sighs) This has just been so amazing. And that's, that's, you know, shamangelic because... The shamanic ray is like, okay, let's face the darkness and let's go into the shadow and be courageous and it's, you know, it's fiery. And it's also very much connected to nature and the elements. There's a real soft and beautiful and reverent side of the shamanism. And then there's also this angelic side that is like brings in a lot of those angels and brings in a lot of tenderness and sensitivity and compassion and and so I'm like well I don't have to choose I can be all of it mm-hmm. and so that's where that's that's where my healing practices come from is blending those modalities well thank you for that as well <laughs> and for people that um, maybe for whatever reason they forget to go to the breaking normal podcast website how could what's the best way for someone to follow your journey right now yeah. or support you? Thank you. Shamangelichealing.com. Okay. And so we'll have that in the show notes, I guess. Shamangelichealing.com. Yeah. Um, I have my own podcast, so we'll have to have you on there too while you're here. We definitely want to get you on. Love that. Let's so the Shamangelic Healing Podcast as well is on all of the platforms. And also Anahata Ananda, you'll find me on all, you know, social media, on uh, you know, Instagram and and um, and uh, Facebook and all of that. So that's where people can find me. I'm here in Sedona. I'm a life coach. I, there's online programs. There's retreats. And, you know, sometimes people just come and do a, you know, a private retreat with multiple sessions or a single session with me is pretty powerful. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. I'm, you're gonna, I'm gonna get you into my healing <laughs> I think space. I'm, I think I'm experiencing it already. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll have you there. So yeah, I'm, I'm based in Sedona. Um, and I'm at, I'm really devoted to people going through big core life shifts, helping to turn their life 
life around and create the life of their dreams. I'm all about empowerment and, and elite performance and really activating people's soul mission. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah, for sure. Mm. Well, yes. keep breaking normal. <laughs> you and everyone listening, let's do it. This is, this is The time is now. <laughs> However old you are, the time is now. Yes, yes. Let's make the most of it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Love y'all. My pleasure. And go follow the synchronicities there. Listen to those voices. You know, listen to those feelings. Follow those uh, intuitive Are messages. you hearing a little ringing right now? Or is that just me? Because I'm, I'm wondering if I'm having synchronicity. Because someone was telling me about the ringing in the <laughs> yeah, ears. Yeah, highly like, likely. Yeah, pay attention. She's Louise. Nonstop. They're everywhere. I guess it's a matter of paying attention. Sedona, the veil is really thin here. And so it's like, do you hear us now? How about now? How about now? Subtle knock, too. I was like, this is just, it's it's almost too much, but not not really. Uh, It's just enough. You're ready. You're ready. That's why you're here now. Thank you. Thank you for everything that you're doing. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Thanks for following uh, your inner knowing and um, following your passionate dreams. Uh, I love what you're doing and I'm here to support you totally. Uh, soul brother, I, I got your back in whatever I can support your mission, awesome. like expanding out in the world. Feels good. Feels good. <laughs> get your, get your booties out here to Sedona when you feel the call and meet yeah. Anahata yes. and meet the land mm-hmm. and everything else that's going on around here that I may have not even experienced yet. I'm looking There's forward to it. There's <laughs> yeah. a lot. I'll take you out to some like hidden treasures here while you're here. Yeah. I'm looking, I, I remember that future. So yeah. here we go. <laughs> All right, peace in, y'all. Blessings. This boy and girl are going to be well-equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society.